Have you dreamed of bigger things for your life? Then you are in the right place. Each week, you will be given tips on how to change your inner dialogue, conquer your goals, and ways to step into a higher version of yourself. I'm your host, Lauren Kubat. I'm a motivational speaker who hosts personal development events. I'm a sought-after fitness instructor, a wife, and a mom of two young boys. I'm obsessed with all things personal development, and I believe anyone can achieve the life they want. Let the Become Your Vision podcast be the inspiration you need to step into greater things. Now let's go. Hi there. Welcome back to the show. Welcome to the show. If this is the first time you're listening to the podcast, Become Your Vision, I appreciate you tuning in. I think it's so cool to have you here on your walk or getting ready for the day or driving. And I'm just so appreciative that you chose this show to listen to. And Tabitha's story is is a treat. I feel like no matter who you are, what your background is, you are going to find a piece of you in her. She shares how she has struggled with low self-esteem and confidence and she's been on this like journey of with these highs and these lows and I think it's pretty safe to say that no matter where you are at in your journey, you have suffered with low self-esteem or lack of confidence at some point in your life and Tabitha just provides inspiration to you and to realize you have everything it takes. So let me give you a background on who Tabitha is. So Tabitha's story started in 2016 when she was on a 12-month tour away from her two oldest kids. She was in an unhealthy marriage and completely unhappy with who she was. As a child, she was always told she would never be anything. Tabitha's entire military and educational career was her trying to prove that she was worthy enough. After award after award, degree after degree, nothing made her feel complete until she found the gym. On one of her deployments, she focused on getting stronger mentally and physically. But in 2019, she got pregnant with her youngest son and was told to quit working out. But after she had him, she finally started feeling like herself again until she was in a tragic car crash. She has severe brain injury and was back laying in bed. She had two choices, revert back to self-pity misery or make the best out of the situation. That is when Tabitha decided to launch Havenware to motivate and inspire not only herself, but all the women out there that didn't believe in themselves. As she was recovering in bed, she started drafting fitness apparel. Unable to physically test anything, she had friends come over and test it and saw their faces light up. So she kept fine-tuning the material so it was not only quality clothing, but also affordable. Tabitha does this for all the stay-at-home moms, low-income families, college students, and budget-friendly families. She wants to provide the opportunity for all women to feel like their best selves. You guys, you are in for a treat today. Enjoy. Hi, guys. Uh, We have Tabitha here. Hi, Tabitha. Thank you for being a part of the show today. No, thanks for the invite. Yes. So, Tabitha and I met at my gym. She was, I just got done teaching a class and then you were out, you had your table of like fitness clothing 
And um, I was like, oh my gosh, like, what is all this? And I started looking at your clothing and super cute, super, like, I love fitness clothing that I feel, I feel like that is like my addiction is like, you can never have too many leggings or sports bras. And, uh, then we started talking and I was like, Ooh, I need this girl on my podcast. (laughs) Okay. So let's get into your, your backstory. So what you were in the Navy, what made you, or what, um, why did you decide to go into the Navy? I feel like that's like a big, a big jump. And how old were you? Yeah. So I was 17 when I joined And I was living in Charleston, working at Olive Garden, and I was watching all these people and they were saying, yeah, hey, I'm in the Navy. And I always wanted to feel that I could do anything. I wanted to experience at least try, because I mean, we're, there's so much time. There's so many things that we can do. And I was like, hey, look, I can do anything once. And I remember as, as a kid, just being told I'll never be anything. I'll never be more than the small town that I, that I'm from. So I was like, you know what, let's do this. Let's see the world. Let's see what there is out there. And I did it for 12 years. Absolutely loved it. And I started my doctorate in public health and I was like, you know what, let's, let's see what else there is. So I transitioned to the army reserves just so I can still have a little piece of the military, but still do what my doctorate, what my other passion was. So yeah, 15 years later, I'm still kicking away at the military. Wow. Now, when you said that you were told like you will never amount to anything, who was that from? Who did you hear that from? My aunt actually told me I'd be nothing. I would never be more than a small town mom with a bunch of kids and no job, just basically a stay at home, just nothing. So I used that to fuel myself and gosh, you know, three degrees later, I'm still trying to prove that I, I'm more than the small town that I'm from. Mm. Um, Why do you think she I, t- said that? Like, was it, is she coming from like a place of like her, what was her catalyst? Do you think she was jealous? Like what, what type of person would say something like that? That's uh, and it's sad to say, but that's just how, Oh, that's my mom. <laughs> Mm. You know, I was told that I'd never be more than what my mom was. And um, it kind of resonated with me. And I just watched that. And, you know, when I was 14, my mom left me with my 16 year old cousin. So I kind of had to raise myself and know what I didn't want to be. And I use that to just inspire other girls. Like I see a lot of young kids and they they go through the same thing that I went through. Um, Mm. And it's just hard, but yeah, that, that has sat with me every day. And then when I told them I was joining the Navy, I got laughed at. They're like, you'll, <laughs> you're not going to make it out of basic. You know, that's, you can't do this. So yeah, as a kid, and, and I don't think that you should ever tell a kid that you can't do anything, but mm. that's all I heard when I was little. Mm. Were you, you raised by your aunt? I was raised by basically anyone (laughs) that would Mm. take me in. Mm -hmm. Um, I lived with my grandmother on and off for until I was about 11. And then I was back with my mom. And then when I was 14, I came home from school one day and my mom was gone Mm. and she'd left. And I was with my 16 year old cousin that had a baby. 
and just trying to figure out life and what, what I needed to do, Mm -hmm. or, you know, I'm still trying to figure out who I was and to have that. And then you see, you know, my 16 year old cousin with a kid and married, and you just see the life that you don't want. Um, And then you see everyone at school that had these functional families and, and yeah, it it hit my self-esteem, my confidence levels. Like it, it it really, it really hit me. And it wasn't until. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it, it, so that stayed with me from age of 14. And it wasn't until the deployment I was telling you about in 2016, where it finally, the light bulb clicked and I, and I found fitness and I was like, this, this is it. This is how I can find myself, build my confidence back up, my self-esteem back up. And I just started living for me. Like, wasn't trying to impress anyone. Wasn't mm-hmm. trying to be better than what I was told as a kid. It was just, I, I found what I really wanted. And that's kind of where my fitness love came from. And it was just, you know what, take it how you want. Call mm-hmm. me what you want. It doesn't matter. I'm doing me. And, um, I think that was the biggest thing. How going back to, um, you know, because there's, there are listeners here too. So I'm backtracking a little bit, going back to your story. There are listeners that have been, you know, all different kinds of backgrounds and, you know, your, your childhood sets you up for how you feel as an adult. And sometimes if there's damage done, we're constantly trying to fix what happened to us when we were a kid or try to understand it or make sense of it. When you came home from school and your mom wasn't there, like, did you expect that? Or what was like your initial reaction? Like, were you like, okay, you know, like, can you walk us through, through that? Because that is a shock and your cousin's there and she's, you know, a, a mom, like, what was the story that they told you? And what was your reaction? You know, I felt like I wasn't good enough. Like, why does my own mom not want, not want me in her life? What's more important than her kids? And it was, it was a guy, (laughs) you know, I mean, it was chasing after the next best thing, but it was, it's, it was hard to just take in, you know, as a kid, the people that brought you into the world, you think that they would want to cherish you and teach you life. And yeah, it was the same thing. You know, my father wasn't really much in the picture, definitely isn't in the picture now, but it's just, it it teaches you a lot, um, but it it breaks you, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you feel that you're not enough. And then you take that to school and then you feel that, oh, I felt that in a little bit of everything that I did, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not enough for my mom to stay. Am I enough to, to do this job or to date this person, you know, it was just always in the back of my head, Hey, you're not enough. Um, and then I heard this one day, one of my good friends, she said, you are worthy and you are worth it. Mm. So that is one thing. Whenever I feel I I still, to this day, I go back and I'm just, I'll ask my husband, like, why, like, why do my parents not care? And I have to tell myself that, but Mm -hmm. that's my doctorate. So I studied you know, childhood, um, experiences, like adverse childhood experiences, because I wanted to know, because what happens to us in our childhood, it goes on and it, it creates so much self-esteem issues, confidence issues. It, it really triggers a lot. And if we can just figure out how to 
create a healthy development for kids, I think that adulthood would be much easier, less, Mm -hmm. less um, counseling. Um, But yeah, yeah, it was, it it really hits. And I think that's something that you can never let go. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of us have difficult childhoods. Yeah. And becomes part of your story. It's kind of like, yeah, when you're told you're not going to be enough and then you're accomplishing all these things, you're like, well, is it enough? It, you know, who is it enough for? Is it enough for me? Am I trying to, um, you know, please other people, you know, and it's co- this constant like catch up, like when, when is it going to be enough? When am I going to be enough? But I like, um, that quote that your, your friend told you because yeah, it is, it is true. And it's, we have to realize too, it's not, it wasn't, about you. It was, they had their own issues and they were projecting it on you. And like, you know, with your aunt or whatever, she was, she was coming from her own or her own place of hurt or whatever it is. And it was like, okay, well, or she saw something in you and maybe she did see you're going somewhere. And then she's like, you know, tried to bring you down. But, um, yeah crazy. So, okay. So you're in the Navy. How long before you found like fitness, were you in training or what type of fitness did you fall in love with? Oh no. So let's see. I joined in 2007 and in 2016 was when I fell in love with fitness. So I was on a one-year deployment and I had two small kids and I was in a very unhealthy marriage. I was just eating my emotions. I wasn't happy. It was just staying for the kids kind of relationship. I don't know if some of us can relate to that, but I was sure there are listeners out there that can (laughs) definitely relate to that. (laughs) My parents, you know, they divorced and I was like, you know what? I'll stay together for the kids. And it took me until 2016. I did a one-year deployment and I was away from my ex-husband and I realized how happy I was. I would wake up in the morning, I would go running, I was working with some special forces guys, and they were teaching me about fitness and what I should eat versus what I shouldn't eat, clearly was not eating the right things, and I just started seeing my body transform. I remember getting on that deployment, I was a size 12, and I left there a size 2, and I still ate pizza. I still enjoyed myself with drinks. I just, it was moderation. I learned that what you put in your body actually fuels your body and actually started loving my body for what it was. And I just, I loved it. And then I started losing weight and I had so many women just open up to me. They were like, Hey, can you show me because your confidence levels, like we can see it. You seem like a different person. Can you help me find that? And that's when I started working with other ladies and it started clicking at me that all of these women had issues in their childhood, their confidence levels. You know, some of them were stay-at-home moms that just, they didn't leave the house and they didn't, they didn't have any motivation or they didn't have any love for themselves to actually get moving and get going. And it was, it was nice. It was kind of, it clicked in me. It was like, you know, I might have had a terrible childhood, but it allowed me to, to help others now and mm-hmm. kind of share my story. And, and it, it was really nice. And then, you know, I, I got divorced. <laughs> I had enough 
confidence to get divorced. And I got an apartment all by myself. First time ever living by myself. And it was just like that aha moment. Life just seemed like it was so much better. I, out of the, the small town I was from and I was, I was doing well in the military. I finally had the body that I'd always wanted. I still mm. ate sushi as frequently <laughs> as I wanted, but it was, it was nice. It was, I, I finally found happiness. And I think mm. that's something that I've strived for since I was a little kid. And it's sad that it took me until I was early thirties <laughs> mm-hmm. to find that. But, but fitness was, it became my haven. It became my happy place. I would go to the gym and I would just put my headphones on and zone out. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to your, your story, when you finally left your husband, because there are, I mean, what, what is the percentage? 50% of couples end up in divorce and, you know, um, a lot of women do stay for the kids and what, what was kind of like the catalyst where you're like, okay, enough is enough. Or you finally felt like, okay, I'm going to make this happen and I'm going to figure it out one way or another. What was like the breaking point where you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this for me. Yeah. Well, you know, the day I left for deployment, we were all saying our goodbyes and there was an older gentleman and he saw me tell my ex-husband bye and we got on the bus and we were headed to the plane and he leaned over and he asked me who that guy was. I told him that was my husband. He says, I could tell the way you said goodbye that you weren't really in love with him. And I was like, well, what do you mean? I explained this because some complete stranger can see that I'm unhappy, but I can't con- convince myself that I am. And he said that you guys didn't even kiss each other goodbyes. Like it was like you were kissing your cousin, like a kiss <laughs> on the cheek, like something. <laughs> like it, it was like somebody you didn't care about. And um, not that I kissed my cousin. <laughs> but... You are from a small town. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> it's easy. Um, so, that, you know, that I, it was a 14 hour flight to where I had to go. And the entire time I was there, that's all I could think about is, you know, yeah, he's right. You know, if if everyone else can see this, my kids can see this. And I want my kids to know that they can choose happiness. You know, they can do what makes them feel good without feeling guilty. And I think that's where I was always at. I just felt guilty for leaving the kids and breaking up the home. And I got there and I was there for about a month. And I told him, I was like, I don't miss you. I don't love you. And I checked my email one day and I had divorce papers. He didn't tell me they were coming. He's like, okay. He's like, I'll call your bluff. You said you didn't love me. So here you go. And, uh, you know, he told me I I had to sign him for everyone to see the kids again. So, um, ended up signing the divorce papers. And I remember the day that I signed him, I felt so happy. I walked Mm -hmm. out of the building. I was like, I am free. I'm free from the mental abuse that came from that marriage. I am free for trying to impress somebody that I don't want to impress. And it was just, it was so nice, but it was so nerve wracking. Cause I was like, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? That's all I know. That's all I've known for the last seven years. Um, so it was terrifying, Yeah. but still one of the best decisions I've ever made. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. My when, friends were telling me I seemed so much happier. I mean, it was, it was great. 
Mm, yes. So you're like, okay, I'm going to do it. Was he, was he shocked when you actually signed the papers? I think so. And I, it, it took um, about a year or two for it to actually sink in that we weren't getting back together. I think it was just, okay, here's a bluff, you know, mm-hmm. I'll call you on it. But I was, I was happy. I was excited yeah. to find them and mm-hmm. just move on. Yeah. Um, but it was great. And start over. What was the journey of like starting over? So you got an apartment and you had to, how old were your kids? Oh gosh, they were, let's see, three and five. They were young still. Okay. And it was, it was scary because, you know, I'd I'd never really lived on my own. I've always had my cousin, my grandma or a roommate. And uh, it was nerve wracking of, oh my goodness, I have to be an adult. (laughs) Yeah. It's time. But it was, it was, it was great. I I loved it. The connection that I had with my kids, you know, we, we did everything together. We'd go to the parks, we'd play, we'd go to the gyms together. It was, it was nice. You felt felt, at ease. I did. I felt for so long that I had to be somebody that society says I have to be, I have to be a mom and a wife. But once I finally made that decision and I realized that all I needed to be was a good mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else just kind of fell into place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found me and I just worked out and then I ended up finding my husband and that was the only guy that I'd ever introduced him to, but I was, I was cautious about that. But, How did you, you know, find just, him at the gym or? No, I found him one of my friends. Um, I was, I went to a bonfire and found him, but <laughs> I was, I was reluctant. <laughs> he, he worked out. He was working on his masters. I had a, a huge checklist this time before I got serious with anyone. Um, but yeah, it was, it was great. You know, my kids the, still this day, they can remember all the small things that we did in the apartment together. Aww. And it's nice because they talk more about those memories than they did before. And they still recall, they're like, my son will tell me he remembers his dad and I arguing. And it just makes me happy to tell them now. It's like, you know, I got to choose happiness because they'll ask me why we divorced. They're like, you want mommy happy, right? It's like, I want you happy. Like, I would rather you choose your own happiness than feel like you have to to suffer somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to to use what I learned to help educate my daughter. But, you know, because I know she's going to date one day. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to give her that confidence to just choose her own happiness. Yeah. So you're, you find this, your new man, you're happy, your life is like going great. And then you started, okay. So then you got pregnant with your (laughs) third child. Yep. And that's where I started going downhill because not, not in a bad way, but I'd worked on my body and I got to where I wanted and boom, I got pregnant and I don't know about you, but when I get pregnant, I get fluffy everywhere. <laughs> it <laughs> is an instant. Do. It was instant. You know, went from a size zero with a six pack, and then I went sky high on the scale. So it was kind of a mind game. I was like, "Am I going back to the old me? You know, what what's going on with my body? Am I going to be big again? Have I just lost all my fitness goals?" 
and my doctor wouldn't let me work out after three months. And all I knew was, hey, the gym makes me happy. That that's that's my place. That's my haven. That's my that's my spot. And I couldn't go there anymore. Why is that? Uh, I wanted to ask you, why did he tell you that you have a condition or? So I get, I, um, I've had a few miscarriages in the past and about three months I started having a little issues and it was, my doctor said, that's it. You can walk. That's all I want you to do. No lifting, no running. You could only walk. And I loved running. I would run six, seven miles a day. Like that was I'd run three miles in the morning. I'd run three miles at lunch. Like I just love running. So I couldn't do that. <clears throat> and so my pregnancy, I was just miserable. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting fat. I was beating myself up and I didn't love my body anymore. Right. I was like, that's it. You know, I'm, I'm, I've lost everything and just started downhill spiraling into a depression and lost all confidence and self-esteem. And then after my son was born, I got back in the gym. I started, I was happy. I started having results. And then I got into a car accident and I was back in bed. <laughs> I couldn't work out anymore. Tell us and about that accident. Just, Cause it was pretty severe. It was. So my, I had all three kids in the car and we just went to lunch and a lady hit us in the rear end and we ended up spinning. I hit my head. The kids were okay. They were really shaken up, but um, I, I had severe brain injury and I couldn't do anything but lay in bed. I mm. would try to walk. I would be dizzy. It was, I couldn't lift. Um, and it, it took a while before I was able. So I spent about three months just laying around. Oh. I had really bad migraines. It was, it was bad, but you know, I was- And you have a newborn- yeah, and he was crying and it was just, I felt useless. I was like, I can't even help my kids. I can't go outside and play with my kids. I was focused on all the things I couldn't do. And I remember breaking down my husband looked at me and he's like, you're stronger than this. He's like, I need to think, I need you to start focusing on what you can do. Focus on the good. And it kind of clicked. And I was like, you know what? I've worked with a lot of girls that have self-esteem issues. They don't feel sexy. And a lot of stay-at-home moms that just can't afford fitness clothes. And that's kind of where Havenware came from. Um, I was just thinking, I was like, you know what? If I can't work out, by God, I'll do something to make people feel comfortable. And I told my husband, I was like, I'm going to make a pair of leggings. I was buying Lululemon and they were $120. I was like, how can people afford these? One lady was telling me that she has to buy Target clothes or thrift store clothes because she couldn't afford like fitness gear. And I don't know about you, but when I put on a pair of fitness clothes and I feel sexy, yes, I am want everything in the gym. I'm going to do every exercise I totally. can do. Yes. I, I just feel sexy and confident. So I made a pair of leggings and I was unable to test them because I couldn't work out still. So I was giving them to people and just started clicking. Every time people were working out, they were sending me pictures. They were loving it. I was getting crazy reviews of stuff that I still wasn't even able to test out. And then I was like, well, let me do a bra. And then I did a bra and then I did a t-shirt and then it turned into 40 pairs of leggings. I think I have like 
five different bras. I have tons of stuff, mm. but I just, it's an addiction now because I love seeing the women give me the compliments and tell me they feel sexy. We just did that photo shoot. Yeah. Last day. And those ladies were killing it, but it's, I just love watching the confidence that, it, mm. that people, when they just feel sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's where I started Havenware. And I just, it, it's been great. You know, I still am not able to work out with this pregnancy. You're not able to I, work out? No, oh, I can, but okay. I, I'm still, I'm still gaining weight. Right. Um, I'm not able to work out like I, I normally do with yeah, CrossFit, but I have a different viewpoint this time. You know, I love my body and I love what it's doing. And I know that afterwards it'll all come back off. You know, yeah. I just giving my body the grace that it needs to build this baby and just enjoy life. We enjoy it. Yeah. You know, we go from size to size. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter what the weight is. It really doesn't matter what the scale is. It, it matters how we feel and what we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it, it took me a while after the baby and the wreck to realize that it's, it's not what's on the outside. It's, it's what we feel on the inside. Mm-hmm. And if you feel confident, it's going to exude on the outside. It doesn't matter how it's- big your waistband. It's so true. I think that was one of the things that I was um, drawn to you when I met you for the first time is I, I remember what you were wearing too. You're wearing like this really cute, like red sports bra on these red pants. And you're just like, you lit up when you were talking to other women about your clothing and I was like, Oh, what is this? And then you're like, Okay, you know, like just started talking to me and it was like effortless. And that is why I was drawn to you is like, you know, you felt good about who you were and that's what, that's what people are drawn to. It's like, oh, you know, you feel it. Um, I want to go back to when you started designing the leggings, because I think it's very easy for people on the outside to look like, oh, she just, you know, created this fitness line and she's had all this success and they don't see the hiccups. They don't see the failures. They don't see all the, you know, just error. And so when you were, you said you designed these leggings. So you created these, like, did you sew them yourself? Did you have to go through a manufacturer? What, what was that process like? Oh man, it was brutal <laughs> imagine break break that's about what it was um so the extent of my sewing is those knitting things that you can get from Walmart I used to do with my um yes <laughs> so I didn't know anything about fabric and I sat down and I, I started working with a manufacturer and I had all of my favorite leggings and I was like can we do this and in a quality pair of leggings, that's only going to cost $30. And I got laughed at a lot, <laughs> but I was persistent on a certain type of material. I do a lot of CrossFit and running. I cannot stand for my leggings to bunch up in my crotch okay. or to roll <laughs> on my stomach. So I was very particular. I was like, I want it to be a certain way and I want it to be inexpensive. <laughs> but I want high quality. And it took me, so I started in December of 2020 Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until probably a year later that I finally nailed 
the material. And yeah, I have a box in my office of material that I cannot use. Some were see-through, some um, <laughs> the threads would pop. It was, I would tell my husband, I'm like, what am I doing? He told me, he said, just quit, honey. He's like, you don't need this. And I was like, no, He's like, I want to do this because I want to inspire and motivate women to get into the gym and just start doing what makes them happy. Um, so he's like, just quit. I was like, I'm going to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I get books and books of fabric swatches, like okay. little things and I would stretch them out and then I would, I'd buy a sample and then I put them in the washing machine with rugs and towels, because let's be honest, most men wash clothes in rugs and towels. <laughs> so I want they holds up <laughs> after a minute of laundry. Um, so I did that and then I would fine tune it. I would take it out. I would, I would test it. I would run. And then I would be like, let's put more spandex or let's make it softer or let's do this. And then it just, I started getting all these reviews. There's one pair of leggings that I have and I, I wear religiously that I can't keep in stock. I have to keep what, ordering. Which are they? So they're the lifted leggings. <clears throat> And they, um, they suck everything in <laughs> and they hold it to go. And I just, they, that was my hit. People were comparing it to Lululemon, which is what I was hoping for because that was what I wore. And then I started hearing that and I was like, okay, I, I finally got this. You know, I might've wasted a few thousand dollars trying to figure this out, but with risk comes reward. Yeah. I was so, going to ask you because that was one of my questions. Like, what do you do with the material that, you know, you can no longer use? And it sounds like you can't really do anything with it. And that's like the part of business, um, especially if people have never started a business or whatever, is that it's an investment, you know, especially in the beginning, you're going to probably lose money. You're not going to profit at least for, you know, several years, usually generally, or break even is like, you know, um, that's kind of what you're looking for is like to break even and not lose any money. And then hopefully in a couple of years, you start to, you start to profit. But, um, were you like nervous when you're like, Oh crap, you know, I want to do this. You know, I have this vision in mind and then you're like, I can't find the leggings that I really want. And then you're losing money. Like, did you get down on yourself again? Like, Oh my gosh, that's going to be another failure. Or what was that journey? Like, I was completely devastated and I was telling myself, I was like, what am I doing? There's too many people that have this already. Like, what is one more brand going to do? And I remember my husband, he was very supportive and we went and got me a $15,000 loan. And I was like, oh yeah, here we go. And let's be honest, out of the 15,000, I wasted most of it because I had no idea what I was doing. I've never really ran a business. I didn't know anything about material for one. And yeah, it was, it was disheartening <laughs> that I'd wasted so much money, but you know what? I, I love it and eventually it will pay off. But mm -hmm. I, I told myself that I wanted to do a business because I want my daughter to see, Hey, I can do this too. Look, my mom, she's running a business, but you know what? I, I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are some of the when biggest, I, how much I 
it's it, it's really upsetting but you know you gotta lose some right <laughs> right well and you know what you're this is your second year right of doing it really so it's like it's year two you're you know you're still learning and then you're like oh I should have done that differently but you wouldn't have known unless you like you have to go through it. You have to learn sometimes the hard way. So you don't make that same mistake again, you know, and when it comes to, you can relate that back to my marriage, my last (laughs) one. (laughs) (laughs) So I have enough courage to start a business. And then I now know what not to pick on a husband. So (laughs) right. They gotta go side and side together. There you go. What is, um, some of the hard lessons you learned with starting your business that you're like, if there's somebody out there, you know, I I do have listeners that are entrepreneurs and, you know, it's so easy to get it down on yourself. Like, Oh, I'm not at the success I want to be, or I'm not making the money I want to have or making the impact. And what are some of, because there is something when you're transparent, it's very relatable because you know, we all go, go through the same things, but again, it's like, when you look at social media, we, you, you don't see the whole picture and, um, you don't see the hardship. So what are some of the hard lessons that you've, you've learned through this process that, you know, most people maybe like looking at your line, wouldn't know that, you know, that you face that. Oh man. The biggest thing is in the beginning, I was trying to please everyone. Somebody would be like, hey, I want a purple bra. And I was like, okay, let me do that for you. And somebody would want a black t-shirt. And I was like, let me do that for you. And instead of being like taking it back, like, hey, what, what really should I do? You know, you can't please everyone. Everyone has different views. Everyone has different opinions. You just, you kind of, you got to just, and I started posting and getting like, I, I did a Facebook group because I, I wasn't really into social media and I still am not that good at <laughs> Um, but I started working and getting a group of girls and they were my fan, like my, um, ambassadors kind of, so I got a team together and we started talking about products and colors and things because I would buy a hundred purple bras and I'd only have like two people that really liked that color purple. So, and then I was losing so much money because I was just trying to please one person, um, instead of actually getting out there, looking around, doing my research, seeing what styles and what colors, and especially the season, every season, it's different colors. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just doing the research to see what is the new trends. Um, as a, as a mom, I feel like I frequently fall out of the trends. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I started doing that and I, I did that this year and it has really worked because I looked at, oh, hey, hey certain seasons everybody likes this kind of color or this is the the new color of the year um people are wearing these size shorts not knee length shorts it, i would say just do the research of what most people like not just one person mm, um, that is so good because sometimes yeah. too it's like you think like okay i'm going to make these things for that person and then maybe they don't even purchase it or you know it's not like they're not your favorable customer or whatever it's like okay i went through all of this you know and then for what but um i think that's a great a great lesson where and i 
how did you find your manufacturers? The one that you set on in the very beginning, is that the same one you have? Um, how did you go about that? Oh man. And you know, that goes back to research too. I have about six to seven that I started with just trying to see they're sewing, you know, I just want to make sure it's good quality, quality first and foremost, even at the photo shoot, I've been trying to nail these white leggings that aren't see-through and a girl tried them on. We do the bend over test. If I can see through them, I will, I will toss them. They'll never make it to the website. Um, but so I went through all these different manufacturers and now I have one, I have one local to Charleston. Um, I like supporting small business. And then I have another that does like my bulk leggings. Um, but I kind of stick with what I know is good quality now. Yeah. And that back to, yeah, you have all these failures. People can promise that they're good and we have the best, we have the best, but if it doesn't hold up, then I normally just toss them. And a lot of the, the pieces that I've had that has failed, I've just been donating. I donated a ton to the Philippines. Um, I just box them all up and donate them or take them to the homeless shelters. You know? oh, wow. <laughs> Is that, you, cause they just had a, um, they were the ones with the, what the hurricane. Yeah. 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 Wow. I boxed ton of the havenware that I had in the office and just donated them to them. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. That's- I may not be able to sell them, but at least I know they're going to somewhere that somebody's going to appreciate them and they don't totally. mind. If it's- right. Yeah. They just want clothing on their back. Oh my gosh. That's, oh, that's so touching. Wow. <laughs> Um, okay. So where, where do you want your brand to go? Like, what is your big, big vision? Do you know, I'm a busy woman. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I have a time job and then I'm in the army and I have an entire unit that I manage and I have Havenware, which is kind of, my husband tells me I have to take something off my plate. I have way too much going on, but Haven and where is my hobby, my passion, my love. If I feel stressed out and overwhelmed in my everyday life, I'll just go hang out in my Havenware office. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But I I want to do a brick and mortar. uh, And my five-year plan is to actually have it big enough that way I can do a store. Oh my gosh. So cool. Yeah. My husband's told me he's like, either quit your daytime job and just focus on Havenware or quit Havenware and focus on your daytime job. He was like, um, you need, you need more time to relax. And I yeah. think once he's buzzed that Havenware is my happy place, my relaxing time, I don't look at it as, oh, I have to go pack these orders or I have to go finalize, you know, the next season. I look at it as I get to do that. So mm, yeah, I really enjoy that part and playing with all the colors. It's so fun. I can imagine how fun it is. Um, and you have a fourth, fourth child on the way. When are you due? October. October. You are one busy bee. <laughs> yeah. As I normally wear a size small and I don't know if you've seen my video I posted this morning, but my belly is getting quite big. <laughs> so I, I did the maternity shorts and some leggings because I, I have to wear Havenware. Um, right. I don't want to wear 
else but my brand. So I did some maternity items to cover oh, this belly for the summer. <laughs> but you're so cute too. Like you rock it. You're like one of the, um, I think it's so cool. I wish I would have done this when I was pregnant, but I love that, you know, women are embracing their pregnant belly. And I love that you wear, like you still wear a sports bra and then you're just like, you wear the high-waisted, um, the leggings. I'm like, why didn't I do that when I was pregnant? You know, just like rock it. So, and you look so cute. And I, uh, it just, I would love to see more pregnant women just like embracing, you know, how beautiful their body is, you know, going through the changes and just like rocking it, you know? Oh yeah. Well, with my, my third child, I, I covered up, I was so embarrassed that I was getting big. My arms were big, my thighs, my butt, you know, all the good areas were getting so soft. And with this one, I told you that I really learned to give my body that grace. So I flaunt everything. I put my bra on and my leggings, just like anybody else would with a six pack. I don't, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I feel confident and sexy and I'm just going to show it off. Yes. Yeah. And it's, you're paving the way for other women that, you know, or, you know, get pregnant and be like, oh, she's doing it. You know, sometimes it just takes that one person to like go for it. And then you're like, oh, that's not so scary. You know, if, if you, and I tell my daughter this now, you look in the mirror and you're in your room all by yourself and you feel confident, rock it, wear it to the gym. Don't feel like you have to wear sweats to cover up. You're not there to impress anyone, but yourself anyway. Mm. Like matters is how you feel. So true. I, I love put that. My on and my high-waisted leggings, and I just, I just go in there. I do the stairmaster, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you rock it. Yes, and that's hard. That's hard when you're not pregnant. I remember, you know, doing it when you are pregnant. It, that's challenging. <laughs> All about just confidence and and loving yourself. And I think it, it took me a long time to figure that out, mm. but doing Havenware has really helped. I just get to see other women and I, I get the compliments and the text and I wake up in the morning and I'll have a picture of a lady wearing Havenware and she'll post it on her Instagram and all the comments below and how she feels about herself. And you can see in pictures, people just feel, you can see the confidence mm. and that is everything. I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter about all the failures for that one person to feel confident and sexy. It, it makes it all worth it. Oh, I love it. And you have really transformed like the, the amount of women that are wearing your brand at the gym that we're at. It's like, it's insane. I'm like, you have such a loyal following that, you know, these women really want you to succeed and they do feel sexy. And one of my favorite, um, leggings that I got from you was the, um, what was it? The scrunch booty. What is that called? This, so those are lovely leggings. Lovely. So I named the leggings after confidence. And there's one that are like defy, defy the odds and lifted leggings because I want people to lift each other up but it also because those leggings lift your butt up <laughs> um <laughs> yeah but I and then I have a pair of red leggings that are enchantress it's just I want people to love themselves and I feel like if I name the leggings after something that boosts their confidence then they're going to want to wear them like lovely leggings 
if they're going to make me feel lovely, I want to wear them. Totally. Um, yeah. So those are so cute. And it, like, it just, it curves your butt so nicely. It looks so plump. I think I was, you know what funny thing is I was wearing this. My sister came to visit, um, this past week and she's like, Oh, you're really working on your butt, huh? And I'm like, it's the leggings. <laughs> that is probably my third rendition of butt scrunch leggings. The first one I did, I had to learn where you're supposed to put the actual little thing on the butt. The scrunch. The first um, it went straight up my butt. I felt like I had two pair of panties on. <laughs> I was like, okay, I did not design these very well. Um, so it took me a while to get them to where they actually just show off your glutes and don't go in your glutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, they're so comfortable. They're high waisted. My booty is popping. I love them. <laughs> and then I have, I had them on one day. And my husband's like, wow, babe, what's going on? I'm like, yeah, it's the leggings. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, and then the bra, the Haven wear the black bra with the, um, like slitted back. What, what is that? So people are like, well, what should I shop for? Those are my favorite, the lovely leggings. And then the scrunch booty, I got the black in small and I'm small or extra small. I'll have to look. Um, you can DM me, but, um, so I'm five feet, um, about 111 pounds. So those, those fit me really well. Um, what are the, the sports bra, the one with the slitted back with the Haven wear around, um, what's the name of that one? So that's the strappy bra. My, um, I used that last year because we have a pool directly in front of our house. So after I work out, I will run in jump in the pool or after I pick my son up we could get in the pool and so all the bras actually hold up in the swimming pool I wore them I wore the hold me tight is another one because I don't like my boobs to bounce when I run so I make sure it's hold me tight for a reason it holds the girls where they need to be but I use that one in the strappy bra Mm. all for swimming I didn't even think was- about that, but that is great. Cause they're cute. And it's like, you know, you feel supported and, um, enough cover up like that one. Yeah. Like you could totally play with your kids and not have your, you know, not be exposed. <laughs> and double as, um, bathing suit tops. So we have one now that's called the grace bra and it's called grace because my seven-year-old daughter designed it and her oh. middle name is grace, but ooh, my coffee is coming up. <laughs> but um, that is a, the back is completely open. So that one will be really nice for laying out by the pool this summer. Ooh. Ooh. I love <laughs> that you're giving the specific name. So people are like, okay, what should I get? So awesome. Yeah. Where can people find you? Can you give your, your website? And I'll leave this all in the show notes. If you click on um, the description of the show, you'll see, you know, our Instagram handles and, you know, the website, all of that, but verbally, can you give the, um, website name and then your Instagram handle? Okay. Let's see. Instagram is Haven where, so it's one word. And then my website is haven-where.com. 
haven-wear.com. Awesome. And we are giving listeners, if you're listening to the show, 15% off of your order with the code vision. That's 15% off with the code vision. Is it uppercase, lowercase? Does it matter? It doesn't matter. Awesome. Yay. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I loved hearing your story. I think listeners are really going to resonate with everything that, that you mentioned. And if you're wanting to feel good about yourself, if you're like trying to get, even if you're working out at home, like you have to be, feel sexy. If you like your workouts at home, nobody's going to see you. You see yourself. Like if I work out at home, I make sure like I, I'm still dressed the way I would be going to the gym because I have to look at myself. I want my workout to be powerful. Like working out at your home, at your house, I feel like is way more challenging than working out at the gym because it's like you have the environment of the gym. And I think you just have to really combat working out by yourself, like getting that motivation. And when you have a cute pair of leggings and a cute sports bra, you're like, Oh, I got this. I I see that girl in the mirror. She's hot, you know? So hopefully you go and find yourself something really cute, uh, of Haven wear and make sure you post it tag Haven where if you love this episode, please make sure you screenshot it, leave a review. That's so helpful. If you leave a review tag us on um, social media, just letting us know that you listen because uh, it means so much to us. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Remember you got this and thank you Tabitha for being on today. No, thank you. I appreciate the quietness. Yes. (laughs) In the car. Love it. All right, you guys. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, make sure you are subscribed so you know when more episodes come available. My goal is to inspire others to become their vision. And one way to get the word out is with reviews. I would really appreciate it if you left an honest review on iTunes and it would mean so much to me. Thanks again. And remember to go after the life you want. Bye, guys.